The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 12. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're changing careers. You're now ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. All right, welcome back to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. If you are a returning listener, if this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us here at the Medical School Headquarters and the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. If you're unfamiliar with Old Pre-Meds or the Medical School Headquarters, go back and listen to session one of the Old Pre-Meds Podcast where Rich and I tell you our story and you'll understand a little bit more what we're all about. But we're here to help you, the non-traditional pre-med student, on your journey to medical school. And the questions that we answer here on this podcast come directly from the oldpremeds.org site, the form. So if you're not part of that form, go register for an account, say hello, ask some questions, and Rich and I will get to that question, hopefully in the future. Let's go ahead and say hello to Rich. Rich, welcome back. Uh, good morning, Dr. Ryan, and how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing spectacular. That's good. All right, this question, again, taken directly from the Old Premeds forums over at oldpremeds.org, is a question about the grad school impact on an application. And this student is writing, oh, I just noticed they're from Denver. Maybe I should reach out to them. <laughs> this student is writing about... Um, what choices that they're trying to make as far as being in their classes, what choices are going to enhance their med school application or, and least minimize negative impacts? And they have a couple scenarios here that, that I'll run through. They talk about leaving their, their grad school that they're in, uh, leaving the semester transcript blank. They're going to save money that way but they're going to need to increase tutoring hours uh, for other things so they can make some money. The bad thing about leaving early for this person is it makes them look confused like a serial quitter because uh, if you read uh, some of their other stuff in in their description here, they talk about some of their other struggles they've had. Um, So they're, they're leaving early, and it doesn't look very good in that sense. They could finish the semester and withdraw later if they were doing terrible. Um, but they, if they have uh, W's on their transcript, again, they have that appearance of quitting and confusion. Uh, or they could finish, uh, like, all of it. So that the last one was withdrawing. Um, this, this one is finishing. They would finish. It would look better, possibly. They would have full grades on their transcripts. It would be costly. And I think a lot of it goes down to money as they're struggling with their financial implications, which a lot of non-trads do because they're juggling family and their their full-time work and trying to finish classes. And so if they gut it out and spend the money and do hopefully well enough, then it, it looks better because they've finished their their semester. So I know it's a little disjointed. Hopefully we can pull some some pearls out of this. Well, I think there are two things here that we have to look at. Um, one, and unfortunately for this poster, 
not having the information before they started grad school is going to affect them. For the most part, medical schools look at your undergraduate grades, GPA, for admissions. Um, they look at the science, non-science, etc., which we covered, I believe, in episode three. The grad school grades, for the most part, do not have a major impact upon acceptance. That is, they won't having good grades in, in graduate school will not really enhance your application that much, with a few exceptions, which we'll get to. On the other hand, having bad grades or withdrawals brings up some major negative impacts towards your application. One which you have mentioned already was commitment. Med schools look at your motivation and commitment and achievement. When you start a grad program, why were you starting that graduate program for? For what was going to be your purpose? And if you're not committed to that by finishing it, what does that say about your possible commitment to a longer thing such as medical school and residency? That raises some red flags for the adcoms. This, of course, has to be balanced with, as you pointed out, the finances and the schedule of the student. Um, it also depends on this particular poster what their undergraduate grades look like, why whether in the graduate program is it important that they're enhancing their grades, and if they are, then another path in graduate school is probably better. Uh, there are two exceptions to this I'll use the word rule. For the most part, graduate programs don't enhance except for special master's programs and a few traditional hardcore science masters that are usually marketed and listed as special masters. Special master's programs are a form of post-bac that differ than just taking the required classes. It's designed loosely to be an audition year into a medical school semester. You're taking intense classwork, sometimes mixed with medical students, uh, to see if you can handle the workload, to see if you can get to that place. They are usually associated directly with the med school. Many of them have linkages to med schools. Um, and they act as that stepping stone for direct acceptance into medical school. For those, and there are different types. There are those that are for GPA enhancers. There are those for career changers and a few others. And they're marketed and focused differently. There are no standards across special master's programs. That is, there's no guideline from AMC saying this is what a program will be. So you have to investigate what the program is going to do for you, investigate the cost because they are not cheap, and also investigate their success. You should find out what is their placement. Are they doing good placements in the med schools? How many people start? How many people finish? So those are things that you unfortunately have to find out on your own. Um, not really sure what else that we could add to this particular poster's question that's going to help with them right now. Okay. I think I think we we covered it. It's kind of the the basics of grad school versus an SMP, a special master's program and and I guess it it came down to for this poster the basically they're asking how is it going to look if there are withdrawals? How how is it going to look if it's just blank starting a course and then just not finishing it? Um, and, and you did cover that. So I think, I think we're good there. 
I just want to add one thing for this particular poster, and this is important for all applicants. You have to look at your entire picture of what your application is going to look like. And since we don't have enough information on this particular poster, it's hard to give some sort of definitive answer without knowing the rest of what's going on. Don't assume that just one part of your application is going to make your entire application. You have to look at the whole picture of what you're going to look like on paper to an ad comp. And this is important. All right. So there you have it. Uh, another thing to add on to what we had talked about, we didn't really talk about it um, uh, with Rich specifically, but we had talked about it before in session three. If you go back to opmpodcast.com slash three, we talked about this new 32-hour rule that some medical schools are implementing. And what they're doing is they're taking the last 32 hours of your coursework, your grad school coursework, post-bac coursework, and replacing basically all of your other coursework GPA-wise. So they're only calculating your GPA based on those last 32 hours of coursework. There are a handful of schools that are doing it. Again, we talked about it in session three, opmpodcast.com slash three. And uh, each school is a little bit different. You may need to find out how you go about requesting that they use the 32-hour rule or if it's something that's automatic. So go ahead and check into those schools and find out if they offer it and how you go about it. So if you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today, I would love for you to go tell somebody about this podcast. Go, Go steal their phone and subscribe to the podcast for them. If you're in a post-bac program, an extension program, wherever you may be and you're interacting with other non-traditional students and they don't listen to this podcast, go share the podcast with them. Over the course of the next week, until you are able to hear us again, I hope you stay motivated, stay encouraged, stay happy and sane, and know that The journey is long, but the rewards are plentiful at the end. We'll catch you next week here at the Old Premeds Podcast.